friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Listen, if you didn't get a chance to catch last week's episode, episode number 28 called State of Change, I would highly recommend that you listen to that either before this episode or directly after this episode because the content of State of Change is going to be really important to understand your neurological levels of thinking, which is what today's episode is going to be about. So it's kind of a two-part episode. Part one was last week, state of change. Part two is this week, your neurological levels of thinking. To recap how these things are connected, we all go through these times of crisis in our life, these kind of pit experiences or being in the pit, feeling like your whole life is crumbling around you. We all go through these experiences, these trials and tribulations in our life. And when we go through them, it's called a state of change. And there's five different stages we go through in this type of trial. When we come out the other end, we come out with actually new neurology in our brain. That's right, folks. Our brain actually grows in times of tribulation. Now, there's always an exception to the rule. Some people actually don't grow through state of change because they choose actually to go backwards. They choose to go back to a different level of neurological thinking because it's familiar, because it's safe, because they have coping mechanisms and strategies at a previous stage. Now, when people do this, they're not choosing not to grow consciously. It's just the result. It's the symptom of going backwards. So the only way to grow our neurology and to keep moving forward is to allow ourselves to develop new strategies and new coping mechanisms at each time that we go through a state of change. Now, if you don't understand what I mean by state of change, all I'm really meaning is when you go through a trial in your life where things are really, really hard and your previous coping strategies, your previous way of thinking, your previous worldview no longer fits with what you're experiencing in your life. Let me give you an example that's really easy to try on and it's also global. We've all experienced this when we went through 2020 when COVID hit and we were going through a worldwide pandemic. When we were going through this worldwide pandemic, people had a completely shattered world. Their life had to come to a screeching halt because their day-to-day strategy of living didn't work. Also, people's worldview was challenged. The way that they saw things was challenged. And 
a lot of countries became polarized with two different ways of viewing the pandemic and also strategies for coping with it and how to get through the other side. There was a massive divide in people's thinking about how to tackle this problem. Because people's lives were coming to a screeching halt and they were put through this enormous pandemic, they were going through extreme stress. A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people didn't know how they were going to pay their rent. People who did have their jobs because they were essential workers were now suddenly being asked to work overtime. Grocery stores were being flooded with people that were buying out all of the toilet paper and the water and the cleaning supplies because people just didn't know what to do or how to respond to this global pandemic. Well, I want you to remember what you were going through in 2020 and I can pretty much guarantee, I'd be willing to bet pretty good solid money that you were going through a state of change where you had to develop new strategies in order to get through that experience. Now, some people grew their level of thinking. Some people developed new strategies. Some people actually thrived during COVID. They were like, okay, this is the situation. How do I reflect? How do I adapt? How do I get flexible in this new time, these changing times? And some people went through reverting back to a previous way of doing things, a previous layer of thinking where they either went into some sort of fight or flight or they went back to the old ways. They went back to their family for help. And so there's no judgment around who handled what in what way. Absolutely no judgment. I'm just using this as an example to explain that there's different ways to handle a crisis. Some people choose to grow and adapt. Some people go back to strategies that worked for them in the past. This is classic. What I actually want to break down in today's episode is neurological levels of thinking and we're actually going to put numbers to these different levels of thinking so that we can keep track of what we're talking about. So if every level has a number and somebody's number level of thinking is usually level four, then going through a crisis would knock them down to strategies that worked at level three. But growing through a crisis would allow them to actually grow new neurological connections in their brain that would allow them to move up the ladder to level five. So what's really fascinating about this is we can actually understand people. We can understand their values. We can understand their worldview. We can understand their thinking. We can understand their strategies if we know where their level of thinking is. And I'm going to break down how do you know where your level of thinking currently resides? Are you level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? Where are you in terms of your neurological thinking? Now, before I break down where you reside in your neurological thinking, let me explain why this is really exciting to know. Wouldn't it be wonderful to understand how you see the world? And wouldn't it be wonderful to understand how someone else is seeing the world? Because if you know where you're seeing the world and you know where someone else is seeing the world, you can find the gaps in communication pretty quickly. Which means, A, you can resolve conflict a lot faster. 
B, you can understand what's important to somebody else because you'll be able to see pretty quickly what their values are based on their level of thinking. And for those of you who are in the dating world, you'll be able to spot pretty quickly who is your ideal partner based on their values. You'll also be able to understand if you're in a relationship your spouse's or your partner's neurological level of thinking and values which determine their thoughts and behavior. So wouldn't that be awesome to be able to be like, oh my gosh, I understand you and I understand myself and I understand our conflict so much better. It all comes down to how people think. It's really fascinating. So I hope that that's exciting because I'm going to break this down now. Okay, for those of you that totally want to go do this research on your own, I'm going to tell you that what I'm actually breaking down for you is called Graves, G-R-A-V-E-S, Values Levels. Now Graves is the name of the person who studied all of this, found all of this super fascinating, and put all of this information together for us. You can also check out a book by Dr. Adriana James, who studied all of Gray's values levels and put it into a nice, neat book for you called Values and the Evolution of Consciousness. So this book is absolutely amazing and you can find it on Amazon if you want to. So here we go. I'm going to break down the different values and the different levels of consciousness. Oh, one more thing that's important to note is that Graves actually didn't start by putting numbers on the values. He actually started with colors and shapes and people found this to be sort of confusing going from one color to another and they didn't really understand the order of sequence of growth. It became confusing. So he put numbers on the values in order for us to understand the sequence of growth from how we go from one level to another. But here's the thing. Even though these have numbers on them, this is not a hierarchy number of importance. It doesn't mean that the higher numbers are better than the lower numbers or vice versa. There's no value level of thinking that is better than another. In fact, each level has positive attributes and also negative attributes, kind of like a two-sided coin. So as I go through explaining each values level and what's important at each level of thinking, please remember there is not one level that's quote-unquote better than another. You may have an aspiration factor of, oh wow, level five sounds really interesting. That's where I want to reside. But something important to note is that you can't jump from a level two to a level five. You have to go through the levels in order. So just note that as we begin to break this down. Now level one is basically a state of nature. Much like an animal or a baby or early, early man like caveman. Neurological thinking at level one is basically survival mode. It's physiological response. Someone at this stage, this level one stage, is not self-aware. There's not a whole lot of thinking going on other than survival and making sure basic survival needs are met like hunger, thirst, sleep, etc. And there's neurological, physiological response. So if you tickle a baby's foot, it'll move the foot, but it might not really understand that it has a foot. Make sense? So 
in our society, there are no true level one levels of thinking unless we're referring to a baby. We are no longer cavemen. So we have grown out of this level of thinking as a whole. When we grew out of this level of thinking, we grew into level two. Level two focuses on the clan, the tribe, for example, the family, the group, this community of people. A level two's prime concern is the clan's well-being and safety, the family's well-being and safety. Now, there are two ways to think of a true neurological level two. I want you to think of the early tribes. Early tribes obey the desires of mystical spirit being, right? They show allegiance to elders, customs, and clans. They preserve the sacred places, objects, and they're very ritual-oriented. They bond together to endure and find safety. Safety is their number one concern, and the safety is for all, for us. We are one. They live in an enchanted, magical village, and they seek humanity with nature's power. So one way to think of a level two is these tribes, these tribal people. Who do they look to for guidance? They look to their chief. Their chief has the answers. So a two's motivation for thinking that something is a good idea is because the chieftain says so. Well, why do we believe that? Because the chief said so. Well, where does he get his ideas from? From the elders, from the early chiefs, and so on and so forth. Now, in our modern world, in our Western culture, we still have this level of thinking within our families or our clans, really any community where there's one chieftain or one leader, where we are all one and we do as the chief says, that's a true tribe. So that could look like your family or your community. And the family will look to either mom or dad or both to have all the answers. Families are very routine. They're very ritualistic. They learn right and wrong from what the chief says so children are often in this neurological level of thinking of two because they seek constant advice from their chief from their parents and their prime concern is the safety of themselves and their family there's an awareness of self there's a self-awareness but there's no need to have an opinion outside of what the chief says. So at this level of thinking, I don't often have a differing opinion. And if I do, I typically keep it to myself or I go to the chief to understand how I should be thinking differently, how I should be thinking about what the chief says is the way to think. Now in our society today, about 10% of our population are level two. So what this looks like is, yes, I said children are level two because they look to their chieftain, they look to their parents to make decisions for them, to keep them safe, to tell them right from wrong, and basically to help them understand the world around them. Yet some people 
don't grow out of this neurological level of thinking. It doesn't mean that they live at home, although that's a good indication if they've never gone out on their own, no matter how old they are, if they've never gone out on their own, they've never experienced level three, which I'm going to go into in just a minute, more than likely their primary level of thinking is level two. So it doesn't matter if they're 18, 30, 60, if they're living at home and their primary concern is their clan and their family, then their neurological level thinking mostly resides at level two. Doesn't mean they never have any thinking outside of this level. It's just their primary way of thinking. What's important to a level two? The clan, the family, the rituals, and the chief. Now, for those of you in dating relationships, if you're dating a level two, they will never go outside of what the chief says, okay? So if you're dating somebody who always has to check in with their mom or their dad to see right from wrong or to make a decision, they're a true level two. And they're going to stay a level two until they move out and go and try things on their own for the first time and have a chance to develop their own identity away from the group, away from the clan. Now, this relates back to my podcast that I put out last week called The State of Change. I was going from a level two to a level three. That's what that podcast was about. My level of thinking was all around my clan, my different tribes, um, finding my identity in these different communities and having a different chieftain at these different places, but not really knowing who I was or what my role was, feeling like I had to take care of others in the group, in the tribe, and not knowing what to do when I couldn't because I didn't really know who I was outside of these different environments. That's a true level two. So what started to break that down for me was when I started to have a self-identity outside of these different tribes, outside of these different clans and outside of these different communities. That's when I began to develop my level three neurology. Now remember, in order for you to grow your neurology from one level to another, you go through a state of change, which can absolutely feel like a crisis. Once you go through this state of change or through this crisis of sorts, that's when your brain begins to grow new levels of thinking. So once you go through a state of change from level two, you grow into level three. Let's break down what happens at level three neurology. I want you to understand that a level two will start to grow and shift and change when they feel like their chief doesn't have all the answers anymore. When they start to question what the chief is saying and they're starting to question if they believe the same as their chief or if they have their own identity outside of this clan, there may develop a power struggle between what was previously considered the chief and now this person who is wondering if the chief has all the answers or if they themselves even believe all of these things that the clan believes, all these things that the community has said to believe, they'll begin to question that. And they'll begin to wonder who they are outside of this group. And when that happens, they'll develop into level three. Now, it's important to understand how this transition happens because at level three, a true level three believes that I am the chief. I am my own chief or I'm the chief of this other clan or this other tribe. 
Nobody tells me what to do. I'm the boss here. I'm the one that's going to dominate. I'm the one that's going to have the power, the control, and the say. The reason why this happens is because a level three is really tired of being told what to do. So they become their own chief. And at level three, the thinking is, I am me. What's in it for me? What are you trying to do to me? Who made you the boss? What are you going to do for me? And what are you going to give me? A level three will struggle with negative emotions, including shame, rage, hate, and disgust. They are feeling like the whole entire world is against them. Because in a level three's way of thinking, it's a dog-eat-dog world. So there can only be one chief, one chieftain, and they will fight for that power. They believe that might is right. There's no necessarily moral law of right or wrong it's who has the power to control what's right and wrong oftentimes (laughs) I hate to make this connection but it's kind of important for understanding oftentimes villains in movies are neurological level three because it's just whoever has the courage to take the power has the control and gets to make the rules so they make great antagonists in stories They like to avoid control and avoid domination. They're ruthless. They want to kill the competition and have all of the control and the spoils. It's a dog-eat-dog world for them and they don't care how much they have to fight to get out on top. They will fight to get out on top. A level three believes every man for himself. Express the self. To hell with others. Escape domination by others, avoid shame, gratify impulses and senses immediately, fight to gain control at any cost, and be not constrained by consequences. Okay, one thing to understand about level three is level threes do not feel guilt. They don't feel guilty because in their brain, in their neurological level of thinking, they're doing what they have to. The world is a scary place. The world is full of people who are all out to gain power. So they just want to gain power. They want control over themselves and others. You might be asking, you know, why are level threes like this? Why are they going through this? But put it back on yourself for just a minute because it's easy to look at level three and be like, wow, gross, yuck. But remember when you transitioned from level two to level three, what was that like for you? And what was your motivation? Your motivation was to grow out of being told what to do all of the time and to assert your self-identity, to assert your self-interest. So level three is going away from the community, away from the clan, away from the chief by basically becoming the chieftain of their own life. Now, it's also easy to look at number three and be like, man, They must all be bad people, but that's not true either. These are just the way of thinking, the neurology at this level of thinking. Level threes also, just so you know, they make great police officers. They make great military personnel. They make great firemen. Why? Because a level three is very, very impulsive most of the time. When people are running away from gunfire, a level three will run right towards it. So level threes also make great heroes because 
they don't really experience fear of the unknown. There's only right now and they don't have fear of consequences. So I don't want us to label level 3 neurology as bad. They just have this thinking of I am me. What's in it for me? It's a dog eat dog world and I have to do what I can using my power and my might. Well that can be used for good or for bad. But I'm not putting any specific labels on people. Level 3 is 20% of our population, by the way. And it's important to note this. Not all 3s are in prison. Because some of them, right, as I said, are in it for good. They become our SWAT team, our police officers, our military personnel, right? Yet, most all prisoners are level 3. Why? Because... There are no consequences at level three. So it's, oh, consequences are for a different day for me to worry about. But I live in the now. So I'm just going to fill in the blank. Rob this bank because it feels good to me right now and I need the money. Well, that's level three thinking. So our level threes are often our police officers and also our criminals at the same time. It's a very split dichotomy on this two-faced coin. A level three can grow out of this. Not all of them do. Some of them get real tired of living their life in a dog-eat-dog world and realizing that some people, it's easy for them to grab power and for some people, it's not. I want to put this on a gang, for example, because a gang is looking for that power and control, right? So oftentimes we think of gangs as starting out as teen teenagers because they're looking for acceptance. They're looking for a clan. They're actually looking for a level two. When someone starts looking for a gang, they want that level two community. They want that clan. They also want a chieftain. Until one day they don't. And then that's when gangs can experience power struggles because everybody wants to fight for the right of chieftain of the leader of the gang, that's when they've grown into a level three and they will, they will fight for that power. They will fight to hold the power. So what will happen to a level three is they'll get really sick and tired of fighting. Or they'll see that this in this dog-eat-dog version of the world, some people have all the power and some people have none of it. And they'll get real sick of having none of it. So they're like, okay, well, if... I can't actually live a life that I really want to. I'm going to seek meaning outside of myself. And once a person starts seeking meaning outside of themselves, they'll go through another state of change. They'll go through another crisis. Well, they'll start to question their worldview. They'll start to question their current strategies, their current methods, in order to grow new neurology that takes them to level four. Now, remember... At level three, things were very chaotic. So what do you think they're seeking now? They're actually seeking order. They're seeking structure. They're also seeking back to community, but at a different way. Because when life was all about me at level three, it was exhausting. So they're looking for structure. They're looking for community. They're looking for organization. But this time, instead of having a chieftain... Just tell them that this is the way it is because I said so. They're going to do things differently. 
they're going to look to the law or they're going to look to some book to tell them right from wrong or they're going to look for some other government or system to tell them right or wrong. So it's different than a level two where the chief just has all the answers and we do things because the chief says so. At level four, there's a system, there's a book, there's a government that's going to tell them right from wrong and is going to help them develop structure again in their life where they feel more safe and secure than they did at level three. A level four is seeking for meaning and purpose outside of themselves. They're coming back to we instead of I, and they want to know what does the book say? So at level four, what's really interesting to know about level four is that most of our population are level four. About 40% of our population are level four. This is where you've grown out of self and into the system. This is where you look to the book for the answers. Level fours believe that there's one right way to do things. And it's their job to figure out that one right way to do things. The world is black and white, good or bad, right or wrong, all or none. Fours also really love self-sacrifice. They love self-discipline. They do not believe in self-indulgence. Why might they not believe in that? Because at level three, when all they were were self-indulgent was that was in their eyes now, that was selfish and wrong. So they don't believe in self-indulgence. They want order. They want a stable and certain world. They want obedience and submission to authority. Okay, so this can manifest in different ways. This can look different in different environments. At work, at your job, there is a manual. Let's go back to the manual. Let's go back to the contract. What does it say in there? That's the book. That's the law. That's how we make decisions. In different religions, there's a book. There's a book for every religion for people to turn to for all the answers. In Christianity, it's the Bible. In Mormonism, it's the Book of Mormon. If you're Muslim, it's the Quran. I have nothing against any of those books. I'm just telling you where a four will go to find all of their answers. They will go to the book. Where do lawyers go? They go to the law. It's the same idea. It's just in a different context. They want the law to tell them right from wrong. Now, any ideology that ends with ism, for example, Freudianism, Nazism, Communism, Socialism, Catholicism, any ism has level four thinking where the book has the answers or the religion itself has all the answers. So the religion tells me all I need to know, the one way, the right way. And in this one way, right way, I have safety. I have order. I have security. Now, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I'm just explaining the level of thinking. So I happen to fall into this category in my faith. So I go to my book, which is the Bible. I go to the Bible for my answers. That's where my level four thinking comes in. What happens a lot of times when you'll look at level threes, what happens to prisoners that go to prison is they oftentimes find religion. That's a natural growth plan. 
The stereotype holds up because neurologically speaking, that's the next step for them. They realize that doing everything for themselves and for dominance and control didn't really work out so well for them. So now it's time to try a new strategy. And that's where they find religion. That's where they find their right and wrong, their book, their system of order that brings them safety. A four wants to know, what's bigger than me? That guiding singular force. I want to find meaning and purpose in life. I want to sacrifice self to the way, the one way for truth. Bring me order, stability. And this is really important to know about level four thinking. Level four thinking, there really is no right now. Level three thinking was all in the right now. Level four thinking is all future reward. I'm going to sacrifice now in order to get a reward in the future. This can even look like people putting money aside every single month for their retirement. Again, it's not right or wrong. It's just a behavior that's done because the future has the reward. So I sacrifice now in order for a future reward. Fours experience a lot of guilt. Remember, level three thinking does not experience guilt at all. In level four, there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt around the way that they behaved at level three. There's a lot of guilt around any time they have impulsivity. They experience guilt. A level four wants to know how to become righteous. And so by contrast, oftentimes their most negative emotion that they feel most often is guilt. Now, a level four will begin to grow out of this level when the book or the system or the religion or the government or the law no longer holds the answers for them. It has, up until a certain point, provided them with safety, security, and answers, but they reach a block when they realize that they can't fully understand their world They can't have all the answers in this one place. That's when a level four will begin to get frustrated because their world will start to crumble once they don't have the answers in the place where they've always had it before. A simple explanation of this could even be somebody who's worked all their life at a nine to five in a government system, and now that nine to five has laid them off. So all of their hard work, everything that they've put aside has just been shut down. And if their pension's been taken away from them, their future has been taken away from them. Now they've become disillusioned with their level four thinking because their future's no longer there and everything that they worked for is no longer there. And the system doesn't have all the answers. The book doesn't have all the answers. The contract doesn't have all the answers. So they need to look elsewhere for answers. Now again, just a reminder, this level four who's just been really let down could potentially grow into level five or what was the other option I said could happen? They could go backwards to a previous level of thinking. So they could go back to level three thinking, which is I'm going to be in it for myself now. They could go down to level two thinking, which is let me go back to the safety and security of my family. Or they could go up to level five thinking, but more than likely they're not going to stay where they're at because where they're at has failed them. 
So once a level four realizes that the book doesn't have all the answers or the system doesn't have all the answers, they will grow level five thinking, which is they're going to start to actually bend the rules. They're going to actually start to break the rules. A level five goes back to self. But this time, instead of being selfish and impulsive just for the sake of pleasure and power and control, this time a level five is seeking success. They're seeking achievements. This can look like money, autonomy, and power, personal power. A level five has found that the system doesn't work. So now they're going to make their own way outside of the system in order to create success, abundance, and money in their life. A level five begins to believe in the now again. There's no point in waiting for the future to a level five. A level five is like, well, I could enjoy the future and I can enjoy right now. I can have it all. Level five wants different ways of thinking and they want to find the best way. Whereas remember at level four, it was right and wrong. Level fives, they just want to know what's functional and they want to know the best way of doing things. They want to know what works. What's the best way? And they will try new things over and over and over and over again until they find the best way. And even when they think they know the best way, a level five will break it and try it again to see if it's better. If it doesn't work, they don't really care. They'll just go back to what they know works. So level fives are really good risk takers. They take a lot of risks because they're willing to sacrifice in order to get to that next level of success. They believe that life is a game and that it's meant to be won and that they're going to win the game by using their intellect. They believe in survival of the fittest and they see nothing wrong with having it all. They believe that if there's money out there, why can't I have some of it? Why can't I have all of it? Hey, why can't I have two homes? Why can't I have three homes? Life's a game and I'm just winning it. That's how a level five thinks. Now to anyone who's not a level five, a level five looks a lot like a level three. A level five looks really selfish. They look self-centered. They look like they're only interested in themselves and no one and nothing else. The difference here is that a level three says to hell with others to hell with consequences and a level five will express the self for what the self desires but in a fashion calculated they don't want to bring down the wrath of others they don't actually mean to hurt others they are just looking for the path to success what's really interesting to note is that 50 percent of people in power are level five you heard me correctly that's 50%, 5-0% of the people that are in power are level 5. Why? Because that's what's important to them. Power is important to them. So they seek out positions of power. So 50% of people in power are level 5, but only 30% of the population is a true level 5. So that's kind of interesting to note it's like not that many people are level five but of the level fives a lot of them are in positions of power 
Now, what's important to understand, and I'm going to do it here because I'm a true level five, it doesn't mean I've abandoned my thinking at levels two, three, and four. It just means that most of the time, my thinking and strategies are at level five, is that one can only fully, truly understand the thinking, actions, behaviors, and motivations of levels that they either are or have grown through. So being a true level five myself, I can really feel like I have a good grasp on levels one, two, three, four, and five. I can easily and effortlessly explain them. I do have level six thinking, but it's not where I reside the most. I don't live there. My level six thinking is open, but I haven't gone through the level five fully and I haven't gone through a level five state of change in order to be at level six. So these next few levels, I'm going to explain them, but please know I'm doing my best as someone who doesn't fully have this neurology yet. And if you want a better understanding of level six, seven, eight, and nine, I highly recommend that you read that book, Values by Adriana James. Now I know I'm not a full level six because I haven't rejected success and money. And something really important to understand is you cannot reject something you've never had. So a level two might say, well, money's not important to me, but they haven't fully rejected it because they've never had it. You cannot reject McDonald's if you've never eaten there. If you've eaten there and you're like, this is disgusting, I'm never coming back, then that's a choice that you've made to reject it because you've had it. Someone who says, well, I don't like McDonald's. Well, how do you know? Well, I heard it wasn't very good. Well, how do you know? Well, I guess I don't know. Well, then they'd have to drive themselves there and buy something off the menu and try it for themselves first before they can reject it. So this is important because lower levels of thinking might not have a good relationship with money, but it doesn't mean they've rejected it. A level five will stay at level five and they will grow and develop their level five until they have so much money they don't know what else to do with it and now they can fully reject it because they've had it, they've had their fill of it and they're done with it. So a level five, what they'll start to do is they'll start to become disillusioned with this race for success. They also start to have remorse because Level fives, if, if you could think of a level five as somebody who, let's just take this one example. They own factories on factories on factories and they're dumping pollution into the ocean, let's say. They're polluting the skies and the air. That's not their focus, so they're not too concerned about it. They're not meaning to trash the planet. It's just a side effect of what's happening on their race to success. Well, then one day they'll wake up, they'll realize they have all this money and they will also realize that they've hurt people and things along the way. Not on purpose, just kind of on accident for the most part. Now, is it true that some level fives know that they're hurting people and just don't care? Yes, but some don't. Well, what will happen is one day they'll wake up and they'll have remorse for the things that they've done. And they'll start to notice the harm that they've done to the planet and to the collective as a whole. So they'll start to turn away from the self again to come back to the group. And when they start to turn away from themselves and from money, 
they'll actually start to give away all of their money because they no longer want it. It no longer means anything to them. And what they truly want here at level six is equality and community. They truly want to to have the whole world, the entire population, be in harmony. The most important thing to a level six is human bond and human connection. They have a lot of feelings about themselves and others. They want to get along with everybody. They want a lot of social interaction. Their highest priority is their deep personal relationships, their personal communication, their committees, and what's really interesting about a level six is they want the rule of the majority. They no longer want a chief to tell them what to do. They no longer want a themselves to tell them what to do. They no longer want the book or the system to tell them what to do. They want for every voice to be heard and for the whole entire majority to come to consensus. Consensus is extremely important to a level six. In fact, a level six won't move forward or make any decision until there is a consensus. Now, as a level five thinker, I can see where this could be really problematic because with more than seven billion people on the planet, how are we all going to come to consensus? How are we going to take our fully divided political system and come to one consensus? So what happens is level sixes are our least productive level of thinkers because they don't really want to do anything until there is a consensus and they want every voice to be heard and they want everyone to communicate and they want everyone to get along but unfortunately for a level six they only make up 10 percent of the population so they're dealing with a lot of other levels of thinking who want nothing to do with consensus who want nothing to do with the whole rule of the majority They're dealing with level fives who are focused on success, level fours who are only going to do what the book says and they believe in right and wrong and dichotomy thinking, and level threes who are selfish and self-centered, and they're level twos who are only looking to their chieftain. So a level six is going to become actually really depressed and Of the 10% of the population who are in level six, they're the most likely to be lonely, isolated, and depressed. Now again, you may have level six thinking. I too really value communication. I too really value my deep personal relationships. But I don't reside at level six and I know that for a fact because I haven't fully gone through my level five. So because I haven't fully gone through my level five, I there's no way I'm a full on level six. I can have level six thinking, but I don't operate there 24-7. But someone who operates at level six 24-7, they will spend the majority of their day meditating but not doing a whole lot of anything else because they actually believe that meditating and spiritual experiences are the way that they're going to solve the world's problems. 
So they don't appear to be doing a whole lot, but to a level six, they're doing a whole lot because they're meditating for the sake of the planet and for the sake of the human bond. Now, it's important to note here that level twos may also operate this way, but they will go back to their chieftain for advice on how to see the world and how to make decisions, whereas a level six will not. They just want everyone to make a decision as one group, as one whole, where a level two will not do that. They will go to their chieftain for the answer. Now, going from a level six to a level seven is a quantum leap of a jump. It is a quantum leap of a jump, and only 1% of our population are currently at level 7. So what happens is level 6 begins to realize that they can no longer reject money because money is actually going to help them to get things done. And at level 6, they didn't get a whole lot of things done because they rejected money and they were trying to do everything through meditation and that didn't really work for them. So now what they can do at level seven is they actually lack fear. A level seven really just wants to know what is functional. They want flex and flow in society. They want the knowledge of what's functional. So a level seven will accept the inevitability of nature's flows. What does that mean? It means they've basically rejected all of the core fears at levels 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. They're not afraid anymore. They want to focus on the natural mix of conflicting truths. What does that mean? It means a level 7 can easily and effortlessly hold two dichotomies. Whereas at level 4, they're kind of stuck in dichotomy thinking one way is right, one way is wrong. It's this or it's that. It's black or it's white. A level seven will just hold both of those naturally and be like, yeah, there's truth. There's truth on both sides. It's all true. So a level seven can appear to others as being contradictory, but to a level seven, they're just holding two dichotomies at the same time and holding both as truth. They are self-interested. They're back to self without harming others. They experience fullness of living on earth and demand flexibility and open systems. In other words, a seven doesn't really care what you think. They're just going to do what's functional and that's it. Yet once a seven goes through another state of change, they'll begin to come back to the holistic us again. So a level seven will begin to grow out of the self one more time. They will begin to become disillusioned with their focus on functionality. And what they're going to start doing instead, instead of focusing on functionality where they disregard what other people are thinking, where they disregard what other people are wanting, at level eight, they'll actually grow into a mindset where they want a harmonizing, strong collective. Level eights actually believe in higher consciousness that we're all one, that there's a harmony with the living system. They want to focus on the good of all, all living entities. They have expanded use of the human brain, and the self is a part of the larger conscious whole, but we're all one. They also believe that less is more. So they kind of act like a minimalist because they truly adopt this less is more theology, 
and they believe that the living system ultimately benefits all. So at level eight, the thing to understand is that they have a whole view of the planet. They have gone through all of the previous levels of thinking and they understand every single level of thinking and they have come to a way to integrate all of it into one whole world view where we are all one. But at this level, at level eight, it is less than point one percent of the population so more than likely you do not have any level eight thinkers in your life and more than likely you probably don't have any level seven thinkers in your life either unless you are friends with bill gates now again why is this so fascinating to me for one thing if i can pretty much understand somebody's life experience i can pretty much guess where their level of neurology is at So once I sit down with a client and I start asking them questions about their different state of changes, the different things that they've gone through, I can pretty easily figure out what level they are. And this is going to determine their worldview. It's going to determine their motivation. It's going to determine their values. It's going to determine a lot about how they receive information, how they interpret information. Because they're interpreting information through their own level of thinking as well as the levels of thinking below them. So let me give you one quick example of this. A level three has only experienced levels one as a baby and two and now three. So anything beyond their neurology they put into either a three container or a two container. So if a three bumps into a level five out in real life, A level three will say of a level five, oh, they're selfish, they're impulsive, they're enraged, they only care about themselves, they only care about the now, they don't care about consequences. Why would they do that? Because they don't understand how a level five is operating because they don't have the neurology to understand it. Isn't that fascinating? So level fours will often do this with level fives. So a level four, they go to the book for all the answers. A level five doesn't do that. They don't operate that way. So because a level five isn't going to check the manual or going to check the contract or going to check in with any sort of system or religion, a level five is just going to look at all of the choices and be like, well, which of these is best? Which of these is most functional? I'm going to tell you that that was a source of a lot of conflict for me when I was leaving my job because a job, a nine to five environment is a level four environment and my level five thinking oftentimes got me in trouble at level four because it was what does the book say? What does the contract say? We have to do it this way. This is the way we've always done it. And a level five is like, well, there might be a different way. There might be a better way. Can't we just bend the rules a little bit? And to a level four, that's very scary. There is no bending of the rules ever for any reason. And we are not going to try new things because we already know that this is the one true way to do something. So that's where conflicts can arise. Conflict can arise when there's two different levels of thinking because a level five is expecting people to function at a level five. And a level four doesn't understand level five at all because they don't have that neurology. So they're pegging a level five as a level three. Selfish. Impulsive. 
to give you another example, I've had clients come to me that are full on level three saying, why doesn't my significant other want to move out from their parents' house? Why do they always have to go in and check in with mommy or daddy to find the answers? How come they're not standing on their own two feet? How come they're not willing to take care of themselves or, or take care of me? Their failure to launch, basically. And it's very simple. Their values level two. They are not thinking about themselves in that way. And they're also not looking to you to be their chieftain. They're looking to their parents to be their chieftain. So let's just give you some insight on their behavior right there. I've had clients come to me in their very level four. And they're like, well, you know, the Bible says that a husband should treat their wife this way, but I'm not getting that kind of treatment at home with my husband and then I'm asking questions and realizing oh well your husband's a level three so your husband is going to do things that feel good to them in the moment and they do not experience guilt because they're a level three and you're a level four so there's I don't have any judgment when I'm holding space as a coach no judgment around different people's different levels of thinking it's just a way to understand these interactions amongst people People who are level three cannot understand a level four's motivation. They just can't. So what happens is when you have a four in a relationship with a three, the three assumes that the level four is a level two. So since the three assumes that the level four is actually a level two, they try to be their chief and tell them what to do. And a level four is like, you can't tell me what to do. The Bible tells me what to do. The book tells me what to do. The government tells me what to do. And they kind of create this toxic type relationship. So these are just some examples of how you could apply this information. But I'm dying to know, like, what are you going to do with this information? Now, I have to put this here because I know there's people that are going to go home and they're going to take this very short podcast and try to analyze all the people in their life. Please know that this is a snapshot of years and years and years of research. And I would recommend that you do some more research first before you try to analyze anybody or coach anybody around their level of thinking or give them any type of advice. And the other thing to note with this information is that people can have lots of different levels of thinking open. I myself have level six and level seven thinking open. I don't live there. I don't make all of my decisions there, but I'm able to draw from that thinking. I'm also able to revert back to my level four thinking anytime I want. I check what does the Bible say? What does my pastor say about this? What does my chieftain say about this? Level three thinking. What does my family say about this? Level two thinking. So someone can go through many different levels of thinking in a day in an hour or in a minute we're just talking about where have they grown as far as a state of change and where do they mostly reside but a person is not one level we don't label people as you are a level four it's oh you have level four thinking or when you're talking about right and wrong you are talking in terms of level four thinking when you're talking about functionality, you are talking about level seven thinking. Does this make sense? So it's important to understand the thinking, but not to put labels on people. Because when you put labels on people, 
you're ignoring a lot of other potential factors for behavior. But that said, what you can do with this information is you can look at your life and say, okay, where's my environment? How many states of change have I gone through? And if you're wanting to grow your neurology, what can be exciting for you about this is when you do start to go through a crisis, you can be open to the possibility of growth instead of, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. I'm not going to survive this. I'm not going to make it through this. My world is ending. No, cancel that. You're growing. Your brain is growing new neurological connections so you can have a new way of seeing the world and new strategies in which to implement. You can also understand people's level of thinking when you're trying to communicate with them. And if you understand that someone is communicating at a level three, I have some one more thing to tell you about level three. People go to level three when they're in fight or flight. So if you're getting a level three response from somebody and they're in it for themselves and they've got this dog eat dog mentality, they're in fight or flight. So sometimes that means they just need to cool off first before you can and before they can access another level of thinking and before you can come to any sort of agreement or communication because that's beyond somebody who's in true fight or flight. So I hope that you have found this episode interesting. If you have, do me a quick favor. Take a quick screenshot on your phone or the device that you're listening and put it on social media and tag me at Coach Rachel Bailey. And I would love to just know what did you get from this episode? What do you like about it? And how are you going to apply this information of your level of thinking? And I will link the book to the values book in the show notes in case you're willing to do some more research on this. Okay, remember, the more you know, the faster you can grow and apply new information, which means you have more choices. Remember, life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.